0: You know, it took, me, it took me a while to just figure out why you like this song so much, Reverend. <laughs> when, when you make that request, say, hey. Now you know. Oh, yeah, I've, I've lived a little bit longer, so, you know, for the 10 plus years I've been here, I'm realizing that, we, that he will keep you. you. But you got to keep your eyes on him, amen. Though the storm Raging in my life. And sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. Still, that hope that lies within. Sweet shore. As I keep my eyes upon the distant shore, I know He leads me safely to that blessed place He has prepared. Hey, well, he stole the winds keep on blowing if they keep on blowing d
1: Have a different bucket. We all have the same source that we draw from. It's the Holy Spirit. Same source. And every now and then our buckets get full too. Good friend of mine asked this question. He said, I've heard that the lion is the king of the jungle, but when the lion's got problems, who does he turn to? to Today, I want to tell you that he can turn to the lion of Judah. (laughs) who's also the lamb of God. (laughs) The contradiction he is King and the priest. We told you he's mixed those offices, put them together. It's all things to us. He's perfect for times when you don't feel at your best. Perfect for helping you get over the hump of the problems of life. It's perfect for that if you trust him
0: and if you rely on
1: him. And I just believe that there's a lot of folk around here who call on the name of Jesus all the time. And I got to tell you that we have a responsibility to trust him in good times and in bad times. And in fact, if we don't trust him in the bad times, it makes it suspect when we just do it in the good times. We have to be an example. And that's why we've been in this series. This series is entitled Chameleon chameleon we're learning to spend a little time in scripture learning what it looks like to stand out for christ not blend in as is the nature of a chameleon in fact a chameleon's very life depends on his ability its ability to blend in the the ability of a chameleon to create homes that matches environment help in so many ways keeps it from becoming food and for getting food but I want to tell you that us as believers we are diminished in our ability to witness for Christ when we blend in when we are not the exception when we become the rule we are problem. let me tell you why because people dumb down the requirements of Christ. And when we start blending into our relative environment, we have a problem because we're supposed to pull everything to a higher standard. Salt seasons. Light creates opportunities for growth. So the last couple of weeks we've been talking about Ways in which we can stand out. The first thing we told you was that the, when you become a believer in Christ, you're going to have a, a, a pathway to growth. The first thing you have to do is transform your mind. You Got to transform your mind. I don't, well, the songwriter said, I don't walk like I used to walk. Why? Because he made the difference. I don't talk like I used to talk. Well, all of that comes from transforming your mind. We said the sermon title was renew your mind, renew your mind. And then last last time we were together, we concentrated on the notion that you ought to feel special, unique. Why? Because God chose you. He selected you. You were identified by the highest offices in heaven as special and worthy. Today, we want to counter echo that thing, but take it up a different level. And I'd ask you to turn to the first Corinthians. I'm sorry, excuse me. Second Corinthians chapter five. It's going to be displayed for you. It's going to be displayed. The version of the Bible might be different. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses 18 through 21. Give us a blueprint for what our mission is in Christ. And Paul wrote this. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That word continues. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Somebody ought to say amen. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is ours, ours to work with. Verse 20 reads We are therefore Christ's, somebody ought to say, I got a job, Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his eternal appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 20th verse says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, being an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador for Christ. That he saved us, that we might be ambassadors of the Most High King and and bring glory to his name. Yeah. How how many of y'all got younger siblings? Raise your hand. Yeah. I'm just asking. You don't have to really answer. Was there ever a time your parents left home? And when they left home, they left you in charge. And they told you you were responsible for ensuring that everybody stayed in line. What a task. And they left the house, and you set about being the ambassador of your parents. You had all the authority that was vested in parents. How'd that work out for you? That can be a daunting task, but it does give you a preview of what being the representative of someone is like. Vocabulary.com says that an ambassador is one, uh, the technical definition is, is the official diplomatic envoy who represents one country to another. These ambassadors work to promote understanding, perhaps by settling differences, or clearing up misunderstanding. But when we use the term ambassador less formally, we know that an ambassador, y'all know this term these days because we use it a lot. You know that an ambassador these days can be anyone who represents something, okay? Like a singer who represents a brand like Beyonce is a brand ambassador, all right? Or a cosmetics company that has a celebrity that represents it. They also are brand ambassadors. An example of the former would be Ambassador Susan Rice. She is the ambassador to the United Nations for the United States of America, for the United States of America. Now watch this, when she sits down in the United Nations gathering, she represents America. America, North America, not Canada, but the US. She's the mouthpiece for our country, not the president. He appointed her for that job, which means that when something is said in there, now, now the interesting thing about it, if you've never watched the United Nations gathering, they are simply individuals sitting around the table camp. It's a great lesson for students in, in, uh, in, in, in high school because those people represent countries. What they say. Matters. And we've seen some high drama take place at the United Nations, but instead of gatherings of military, there were gatherings of people. And each one had to represent their country and do what was best for the country. That's a high stakes gamble. I came to tell you today that what we do for Christ is high stakes too. Heaven and hell is in the balance when we are representing Christ. And sometimes I think we take the job that we've been given too lightly. You don't understand, as Paul just said, that you've been appointed as an ambassador for the kingdom. Now, I didn't make this up. I'm not smart enough to come up with this, but God gave this to Paul to tell us that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, which means we represent his brand. Question is, how are you representing his brand? How, how are you doing it? Beyonce, I said, is the brand ambassador for Pepsi. Not just for, did I say something? Not just for a television commercial, not just for print ads. Watch this. What she does in her private life affects her ability to continue operating as the brand ambassador. You know it and I know it. Anytime a celebrity gets into any kind of scandal, all you see is such and such company has distanced itself from, and they've dropped them off the label and they are no longer representing this company. So it matters how you act. Your activity may have nothing to do with what you're representing suddenly you can't represent them anymore. Have you ever thought about your relationship with Christ in that, from that point of view, that what you do away from this sanctuary, what you do when you're not around the folks who go to the church, what you do on your job has an impact on kingdom building. Maybe sometimes people look at you and say, that's how Christians talk? That, that That's what comes out of the mouth of Christians. That's how they deal with one another. We've got an ambassador group here at the church. We call them youth ambassadors. What if history? Youth ambassadors. We want them to grow up to be brand ambassadors. For Christ, that's important. And we try to put them in places that they understand what being a Christian is all about. Not just at this building, which, you know, is only for a teensy-weensy amount of time, but out in the world, they have to be representatives. And so we've taken them to the seats of government. We've taken them to places so they know that if we want to have if we want to have believers in government, they have to grow up and get those jobs. And, and that's how we keep Christ in government. Yeah, I don't need for them to open the city council prayer, with a prayer. I just need for the folk on the council to be praying. That makes the difference. That's how I know I can keep Christ in government, for the folk in the department to be prayerful. That's how we can get, keep connected. There is a gentleman who has written a requirement for creating a brand. Call it the Ten Commandments, Ten Brand Commandments. I want to tell you this briefly, quickly, because I get through this, that we fit the profile in the body of Christ as having a brand. And so having an ambassador, having you as an ambassador, fits the bill you simply have to be comfortable with the job you've been given i want to give you some reassurance we have a brand first of all he said in order to have an appropriate uh brand for a company or an institute to have a brand you have to have a meaningful logo all right we have to have a meaningful logo i don't think anybody would doubt that the crap the cross is a meaningful logo. In fact, you can see a cross with no word and the first thing that comes to your mind is Christian. All right? Christian. Not only that, you have to have faith in the product that you're selling. You have to have an impactful story. Come on now. We call it the greatest story that ever was. (laughs) Yeah, the greatest story and it is. And it's still growing. I think this next one is great. We have to elect a brand ambassador. Come on, elect a brand ambassador. Yeah, there's no doubt. Go to the next slide, um, there. <laughs> there's no doubt that we have a brand ambassador. Everybody knows him as the ambassador, as the, as the brand representative of heaven's glory, Jesus. Then we have to have a strong purpose. We have to spread the word. We have to be authentic. We have to be emotional. Get, I mean, get emotional about it. You can't have somebody that have, that's your brand representative who is bland. How would, that, how would that encourage other people to come on board if you're not excited about the product that you sell? And then I love the fact that you have to create an experience create an experience. We've had experiences in here. That's what I think we were touching on today. Yeah, you remember Remember those days? Uh, remember those days when it was wall-to-wall people? Yeah, that was not too long ago. That was like two years ago at Christmas. Yeah, that's an experience. And then you have to, I love this, set standards. And that's where we kick back. Keeping the standards is the problem. So by by this author's recommendation, we certainly have a brand. The question is, are you a good representative of the brand? Are you doing your job well and representing Christ I told you at the top of this at the top of this series that this was going to be one where you have to be introspective. And ask yourself, am I doing what I need to do to represent Christ? Am I willing to stand out? or am I just used to standing in? I mean blending in? Watch this. The result of Christ's work for us is that he reconciled us, let me go through the scripture reconciled us with glory, with heaven. He satisfied what God needed satisfied in order for man to have a relationship with him. We had messed it up. Messed it up from the Genesis story. From the beginning, we had messed up our freely given opportunity to to stay in good fellowship with God. We messed it up. And the way we messed it up was we chose our own way as opposed to going God's way. Because we messed it up, God had to design a pathway for us to reconcile with him. He did. And it wasn't easy. And Jesus was willing to pay the price that God required for us to get back into fellowship with him. And so because of that, we can say he reconciled us back to God. Now, I love this. You know what reconciliation means. Everybody in here has had a friend. When you were younger, maybe when you were older, y'all started fussing and arguing about something and you broke up and you say, well, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. And they go home and then you start longing for them because they're your friend. Maybe they're not your friend. Maybe they're your relative. And you start longing because you missed the collegiality, you missed the relationship. But they're not going to be your friend anymore until you say you're sorry <laughs> for what you did. They set a requirement. And if you're willing to meet that requirement, then you two are reconciled. Anybody here that's married knows about that. Got to meet the requirements. <laughs> In order for reconciliation to occur, if you don't meet those requirements, then it's the couch and cold food for you most of the time. Reconciliation. But the result of reconciliation through Jesus Christ is revival. When you are reconciled, that brings revival. That brings a newness of the relationship. That brings new opportunity for growth when you are reconciled. Because I I want you to understand, people experience revival simply because of our ability to reconnect, all right? That's a blessing to us. And when you take advantage of it, because some of us were not able to understand this until we came into a setting like the church that those people we've been upset with, we can forgive them. We can forgive them and come back and have a relationship with them. People who do not know the love of Christ think that it's okay a lot of times to just live angry with people. But you and I know we don't have that luxury. No matter how badly we've been treated, We know we have to forgive. You can't walk in Christendom without having the ability, Deacon Hudson, to tell somebody, I'm sorry. I forgive you for what you've done to me. And and when you will deny them back, how in the world can you walk in your own forgiveness when you won't forgive somebody else? How can you do that? You can't. And just the notion of being able to forgive and reconcile brings revival. Because he or she who was your friend, friendship interrupted, is rejoined, Cam, and now we have a chance to be even better friends than we were because we've been through something. and That's how it is, Reg. That's why you say that about that song. When me and the Lord been through something, Even when I mess up, I know all I got to do is up. And he's faithful and just to forgive me of all my unrighteousness. He'll do it. And that brings a revival in my spirit. And I can say, Lord, you brought me from a mighty long way. And the next time something comes along, I can reflect on what we went through before. Each victory helps me another to win. Every round goes higher and higher. All those songs come to mind because I'm growing in my relationship. So I came to tell you, if you're going to be a good brand ambassador for Christ, then you have to understand what reconciliation is all about. And reconciliation will lead you to revival. Watch this. Matthew five twenty-three reads, if you are represent, um, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and while you're there, you walk up, all the incense is burning, cast, you smell it, you're about to put your sacrifice on the altar, and you remember before you place your sacrifice that you and your brother argued the day before. The Bible says that you are required. To leave your sacrifice right there, leave the temple, go get things together with your brother before you bring that sacrifice to the Lord. The cross is very representative of how our relationship should be. It tells us that in order to have a true relationship, Monica, we have to have a vertical relationship with the Lord. But it can't be complete unless we have a horizontal relationship with our friend. It doesn't work right. If you don't do both of them, that's truly representing the brand. I'm good with God, and I'm good with my brothers and sisters, and that's how we know we are representing the brand. God provided Jesus Christ for this model. And if you don't understand how important it is for forgiveness to be a part or reconciliation to be a part of our ministry, then you haven't paid attention to him validating the emblem that we have. See, the cross was just an implement of torture until Jesus Christ died on it. Yeah, the Romans used it to terrify people. Jesus on the cross at Calvary on Golgotha's Hill turned the cross away from an emblem of terrifying uh, 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 experiences and turned it into a loving experience just because he looked down from the cross that they had him nailed to and said to the people there who were killing him on this, they were killing him I forgive you he said I forgive you in essence he said father forgive them forgive them because they don't really know what they're doing right now reconciliation is essential to our relationship it's hard it's hard It's hard dealing with folk who are digging ditches for you. It's hard dealing with people who never have a good word to say about you. It's hard dealing with people you're trying to help and they're trying to hate. It's hard dealing with that, and yet you don't have the luxury as a brand ambassador for Christ to hate them back. If you do, you're not representing the way you should be. And so in order for Christ to reconcile lost people to himself, people have to see the brand working on us. That's how you draw people in to the body of Christ. Not because you hate as bad as they do, but because you love as much as Christ did. That's how you draw people. And That's what people are looking for. You know, people want to see authenticity. There's a whole lot of colas out there, but one that, only one that boasts that it's the real thing. Yeah, it does. It's the real thing. And Christ can, if he boasted, he can truly boast that not only is he the real thing, he's the only. He's the only thing. But people will still test it. And they test it through you. And so how do you prove that he's the real thing? You prove it through your walk and your witness every day. You prove it in how you live every day, how you talk, how you communicate. You prove it. By what's important in your life and what people see you doing. You prove it in how you deal with the tough times in your life, not the celebratory times only. Of course, we give God the praise on sunshine days, but what are you doing when the storms keep on raging in your life? What are you doing then? Who are you depending on? Who do they see you looking toward? Are you still the same old believer during those times? Because I got to tell you, you're on TikTok. They're looking at you. They're paying attention to you. They want to know if you're well in the nation. And, and They want to know if Christ is coming out of you at all times. When you show them that Christ is good in all ALL situations, that makes him truly authentic. And how do you best do that? The second thing you do if, if, if in fact you're reconciled is share your story with Jesus. Tell somebody Tell somebody simple conversations. You know what? If it had not been for the Lord on my side, it ain't got to be complicated. You don't have to use Bible words. You just have to talk to them about how good God has been to you. When do you do it? All the time. Deuteronomy. Moses wrote that you ought to do it when you in your in your when you get up in the morning, when you're going about your chores, when you're raising your children, you ought to be talking about the goodness of God. It ought to be infused in your conversation. And I got to tell you this now, I'm guilty, but when you infuse the goodness of Christ in your conversation, it's hard to work cuss words in. I'm not supposed to say. It's hard to use negativity when you're talking about how good God is. When you're talking about him, and I'm not talking about using special language. Just love language. Talk about it and let people hear you talking about it. Yeah. How many people have tried to start a conversation with you in the line at Walmart and you've ignored them? Hmm? Instead you refuse, you start reading the People magazine. Uh, inquire, they still say inquire. Yeah, squire minds want to know. No, they want to know behind you what's going on with you. And it doesn't have to be anything complicated. What a wonderful day the Lord has given us today. Huh? Just those kinds of conversations. And God bless us today. I'm so glad I got this job. What what do you mean? Well, six months ago, I didn't have a job. But the Lord has blessed me. Or I'm so glad I got this job. What do you mean? The Lord has sustained me on this job for 13 years. What? Same conversation. Just meets your profile. Whatever you are, you can talk about the goodness of God. You can talk about how he's been in your life. Oh, this COVID is messing us up. Yeah, but ain't he all right? He's keeping us. Somebody say, yeah, I had it, and he brought me through it. Somebody said, I never got it. But God has been good through it all. Learn how to talk the language and share your story. You ever seen somebody that talk about God all the time? Everything they say is about Christ, Christ, Christ. This is like oversale. It's like that commercial that comes on TV all the time. No, it's like an, an Alexander Shinar billboard on the side of the road. All right. It's like that. Two things I know about that. First of all, I think Alexander must own all them billboards because got to own. Them. But the other thing I know is this: when you get in trouble, first thing you're gonna think about. Hey, you might not know any other lawyers, but you're going to remember that Alexander Shinar got a billboard. Yeah, if you talk about the Lord enough, people will remember. If I want to know something about him, I'm going to come talk to you. Here's another opportunity. The other thing I know is this silence does not make a good ambassador. All right. You have to talk. You have to tell somebody. You're not in this place to be silent. You're in this place to tell somebody. I know people, we say, may the works I've done speak for me. That's true. But may you speak for you, too. If God gave you the ability to verbally communicate, you ought to tell somebody that he's been good to you. That's how you stand out. Silence creates problems because it doesn't answer folks' questions. They have them. The last thing I want to tell you is if you're sharing your story with, with uh, other people, you're sold out for the Lord. You ought to be telling them that's, what, that's what's required. I, I guarantee you, when they sat down with, with her representatives, I'm using her. I don't know why. I mean, I'm not even a Beyonce fan like that, but I know she's a brand ambassador for a whole lot When they sit down with her and they say, this is what we require of her to represent our brand. We require that when she goes out, sometimes she wears something that shows. We require that when she is at whatever concert, some Pepsi product be somewhere on the table. We require that when she's in a movie, we can place our product in the movie and she picks it up. She ain't got to drink it. She just got to pick it up. We require that there's a connection between the artist and our brand to show she is part of it. That's what Christ, he wants everybody to know there's a connection between him and you. And it's spelled out in the contract that people need to know. Everybody ought to know, Ricky Powell said, who Jesus is. They need to know who he is to you. And then the last thing I got to tell you is this, and it's hard to tell you this, but it's also mature that you know this, that if you're going to be a brand representative, a brand ambassador for Christ, you have to learn how to deal with rejection. It is a part of being in a relationship with him. They rejected him. And know this, Be mature enough to understand this. When you tell your story and people reject it, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him, which shouldn't stop you from telling the next person about it. All right? They rejected him personally. Even in his core circle, he was rejected, despised of men. But when they reject, Your story, they're saying, that doesn't work for me. So guess what? Take it and keep going. Keep telling the story. Keep telling the story. I'll tell you the way I learned when I was in trial advocacy training, when I was in law school. We would bring in guest lawyers to be judges for us, for the team. So we go through and we go through our trial that we've already put together. A lot of work. We hit every point we were supposed to hit when we were making our arguments and examining witnesses. And after, after the trial, we sit down for a debriefing. And it could be brutal. Some people would cry because they prepared so much to be able to put it all out. And the lawyers would sometimes, it seemed, take pleasure, and being cruel. And so after walking away from one of those dejected meetings one day, wondering why I even came to the trial in the first place, the real coach came to me and he said, Andre, he said, let me teach you how you deal with these folks. He said, when they talk to you, if they give you something that helps you, then take it. (laughs) Put it in your spirit and take it and use it the next time. He said, if they don't give you anything that helps you, if it's just negative, forget it. (laughs) It was so simple. It was so simple, but he released me to be able to move on from what they had to say to me. And from that point forward, I didn't have any problem sitting there taking the evaluation. So let me tell you how you put this in our context. God didn't give it to you to win every single person you meet. That's not your job. I figured that out a long time ago as a pastor, that it's a process. I'm not so good that one sermon is gonna preach to everybody I meet into one into heaven or into a relationship. But it's the totality of people talking. Yeah, people might come to church 15 times before they hear the right thing that makes them want to be a part of it. They may come 150 times before they hear the right thing. All I have to do is do my job that day. Paul said it. He said one man is going to plant. Another is going to water. But God gives the increase. And what I'm telling you is a brand ambassador for Christ, you represent that day to the best of your ability. Don't do anything that's going to pull away from the brand and then move on to the next person. That's all you're required to do. And I hope you understand that Christ is watching you just as other people are. And since he knows that you're his brand representative, He also knows how to bless you. He knows how to give you the resources that you need. It's not left up to you. It's left up to him to give you what you need in order to be the most effective witness. And when he sees that you're able to witness effectively to one, he might give you five to witness to. He might present opportunities for you to keep growing because he understands that you're being effective for kingdom-building purposes. That's why you see some people with this number of people that they're ministering to and another with this number of people because God gives, as he deems it appropriate for people to be able to minister. Doesn't mean that anybody is being more effective than the other, it's simply what God sees the need being and Christ blesses us or the Holy Spirit blesses us with what we need, amen? Now, how many of you today can think of someone in your life that you need to talk to about a relationship with the Lord? Everybody in here should have somebody on their mind. If not, then you need to start thinking that way. Who can I tell about the love of Christ? Don't just think about people in trouble. No, that's some folk who you think living right who need to hear about Christ because money can hide a multitude of sins. So you need to start telling everybody, you know, whatever their station in life is. Sometimes it's just the people in trouble who are more receptive but that doesn't mean they don't already know Christ. I know this, that when I, the Bible says that when we were without the ability to help ourselves, Christ came and died for us. And I love the fact that he did, because we never would have been able to help ourselves. And because he came and died for us, we now have a right to the tree of life. We can live forever with him. Have you ever thought about that? living forever with him, living forever and ever and ever with him. That makes sense to me now when it comes to dealing with so much death this weekend, that this, while it might be the end of this earthly walk, these people who died in Christ will have the opportunity to live with him in glory forever. So that begs the question, do you have that assurance Do you have that blessed assurance? I listened to this weekend on the phone with a friend as she and her sisters gathered around her father's deathbed. I know her father to be a good and righteous man. I know he served the church all the life that I knew him. I had no doubt that this man had a relationship with the Lord. He didn't have a problem telling his children that I'm going to be all right. It wasn't the man in the bed I was worried about. It was the children around the bed. And I listened to them. They were upset. And I thought, what a wonderful thing. That in a moment, he has the assurance that he'll leave this earth and open his eyes to the reality of a life eternal with Christ. And all he wants is for his children to one day meet him in this space. I came to tell you today that that's possible for you. If you don't have the assurance that you'll meet your loved one in glory, then now's the time for you to consider giving your life to Christ too. Giving your life to the man who didn't think it was robbery to come from kingdom of heaven all the way down to earth to live with us for a little while and to die with us, to die among us. But he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. No, he was resurrected, and that's the key to eternal life. Do you believe in him? Do you know about him? Brand ambassadors, it's time to get busy. And if you're not one of those brand ambassadors, today is your day. The doors of our church have been flung wide open. Elders in our church are going to come right now as a welcoming part. And I ask you to come, cast your light here with us. We're not perfect. We strive to be friendly. Say we, we say that we're the friendliest church, from the parking lot to the pulpit. Whosoever will, whoever has not claimed Christ as their own, the doors of the church are now open. Come on, Christ. We offer Christ
0: to you, oh my brother. We offer Christ to you. All oh, my sister